The WBEN All Local. All Local. Produced by Randy Bushover. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. Brian is off today. Got Jim Celiano in this morning producing and Randy Bushover as well. Here's what's happening. Erie County Executive Mark Polencars expressing concern about local colleges a day after Madai University announced that it's closing its doors this summer. We do not have as many college-age students as we did in the past. And when you don't have as many college-age students as you did in the past, but you have the same number of institutions or they're growing and trying to grow, there's a smaller uh, piece of the pie for everyone. And that's, I think, part of the problem with Madai is they were dealing with the enrollment issues just like others. And, and, I, and there's other colleges, I don't want to say names, but there's other colleges that I'm aware of in our community that are dealing with difficult times. Pollen Carr said it would not surprise him to see additional college closures in the next few years across the country, but he added, hopefully, not around here. A handful of schools have stepped up to offer a landing spot for soon-to-be-displaced students at Madai. Damon University, Vice President of Student Affairs Greg Nayer, noting that they will offer assistance. With the teach-out agreement, it gives us the ability to get those students in here as seamlessly as possible, removes a lot of red tape and bureaucracy. And for us at Damon, we've made three specific commitments to Madai students. Specifically, no change in tuition. Damon will also try to keep students on the same track for graduation and will offer them preference for housing. Niagara University also stepping up. What we've done is we've aligned our curriculum to the Madai curriculum. We've identified all of the programs that Niagara offers presently and aligned them with the programs that are available at Madai. And we launched a web page at our home site so that Madai students can jump on our homepage and see what the programs are that we've aligned with Madai's. Niagara University Vice President of Academic Affairs, Dr. Timothy Ireland, Villa Maria College, Hilbert College, SUNY Alfred State have also entered into teach-out agreements with Madai. Voters went to the polls Tuesday for school elections and budgets passed all across western New York. We're not aware of any that failed. There were some contentious school board elections and spotlighting just a couple of them in Williamsville. 14 candidates were running for four school, school board seats. The winners, Mike Biscaglia, Crystal Kazmarek boger Carrie Spicer and Mark Manna. In Orchard Park, student-endorsed candidates won the school board election. Steve Kamu, Ed Draves, and Jennifer Rogers winning seats on the Orchard Park school board. According to multiple reports, Governor Kathy Hochul has accepted the resignation of longtime chairman of Roswell Park's board of directors, Michael Joseph. This following growing calls for his resignation after his development company was sued recently for racial discrimination. Joseph served on Roswell's board for 19 years. According to the Buffalo News, Leisha Eve has been tapped to serve as interim chair. The craft beer industry is bustling in Buffalo, but is it too much of a good thing? WBEN's Brayton Wilson drafting some opinions this morning. 
Across the city of Buffalo and throughout western New York, the local craft brewing industry continues to thrive with more than 180 breweries recognized in the region by the Independent Craft Brewers Association. The overall impact of Buffalo's craft beer boom on the local economy has certainly been quite substantial. The Buffalo beer scene is really as vibrant and strong as anywhere in the U.S. Right now there's over 2,000 people employed in, in the region in the brewing business. And you know something that also drives tourism. There's a great economic impact for people uh, coming to Buffalo, New York to experience the culture, experience the beer, and really gives us a great identity to build around. That's John Simperman, founder and owner of 42 North Brewing Company in East Aurora. With the large number of breweries locally in western New York, there could be some concern that with too many breweries, eventually we'll see the so-called beer bubble burst. Matt Kahn, president and co-founder of Big Ditch Brewing Company in Buffalo, says the concept of the beer bubble has been around well before Big Ditch Brewing was open 10 plus years ago. However, the current industry feels it's not so much of a bubble to worry about, but rather a plateau. Every industry can't grow exponentially for forever. It's got to level off at some point. What that means is when it's leveled off, the number of openings is probably equal to the number of closings. That has began to happen in other areas of the country and maybe even a little bit nationally. We're getting there. I think locally we still have a little ways to go before we hit that. But even still, it's a natural part of business. There can't literally be five breweries on every street, but there could be one on every street. So expect there to be a little bit of a plateau, but even still we'll have plenty of breweries, plenty of different options. More on the current landscape of the local craft brewing industry is available for you online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. Brayton, thank you. We'll be talking a little bit more about this later on this morning. On Capitol Hill this week, one of the prominent names in artificial intelligence urging Congress to regulate AI before it's too late. OpenAI co-founder and CEO Sam Altman urging senators to create a regulatory system specifically for artificial intelligence. OpenAI launched the ChatGPT platform last year, quickly drawing one million users, all eager to ask the chatbot questions about everything from vacation planning to homework. But AI can also be used to manipulate audio, video, and images to create real-looking but fake content. Altman and others pressuring Congress to act quickly. That's Justin Finch in Washington. The Secret Service is investigating how a man was able to get inside the home of Jake Sullivan, President Biden's national security advisor. A spokesperson says the man entered Sullivan's Washington home around 3 a.m. through an unlocked door, even though Sullivan has round-the-clock Secret Service protection. Sources say the man appeared intoxicated and, after being confronted by Sullivan, left within minutes, possibly not knowing where he was. Leadership at the Secret Service is reportedly furious. It comes amid growing concerns about security for federal officials and their families. Attacks on lawmakers are up 400 percent in the last six years. That's Andrew Dimbert reporting the incident occurred in April. One network is leaning heavily on unscripted programming for its upcoming fall season as the writer strike continues. It's going to be a lot of Dancing with the Stars, Bachelor dating spinoffs, and game shows on ABC this fall. The network announcing its schedule starting in September with a noticeable lack of scripted shows. Monday night, it's Dancing with the Stars and the new spinoff, The Golden Bachelor, which will feature an older crowd looking for love. Tuesday, it's Celebrity Jeopardy and Bachelor in Paradise. Wednesday, Judge Steve Harvey. Thursday, all game shows. The schedule comes amid uncertainty in the industry because of the writer's strike. Jason Athens and ABC News, Hollywood. And it is the Taco the Town a trademark tiff between fast food competitors.
Taco Bell filing a petition this week with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office to cancel the Taco Tuesday trademark owned by rival Wyoming-based Taco John's for 34 years. Taco Bell attorneys writing, To deprive anyone of saying Taco Tuesday, be it Taco Bell or anyone who provides tacos, is like depriving the world of sunshine itself. Trademark law attorney Emily Poehler said, All this taco trouble could be settled with one word, genericide, which is when something becomes so generic, it can't be trademarked. Escalator and aspirin are the two big ones that come to mind. Things that have come pretty close, but I think have sort of managed to hang on to their trademark designation are Band-Aid and Xerox. And Kleenex, that could be another one too. Genericide, that's a new word to me, but makes sense, right? Things that we just consider not a brand, but an overall product, I think. We'll be watching this one, Taco Tuesday for Taco Bell. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, abundant sunshine today. It's going to be cool, though, with temperatures in the low 50s. Tonight, clear and frosty, overnight lows in the low to mid 30s, 20s across the southern tier. Sunshine on Thursday, we're back in the 60s, partly sunny mid 70s on Friday. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. We're joined now by Dr. Stanley Schwartz, Chief of Allergy and Immunology at UB's Jacobs School of Medicine to talk about allergy season, which seems to be a really strong one this season. Dr. Schwartz, I'm wiping a thick layer of pollen, it seems, off my patio furniture every day. And I don't suffer from allergies, but it's very annoying. For an allergy sufferer, is this a really bad season? It it is, Susan. Uh, By the way, it's nice to hear you. Uh, My favorite uh, morning radio personality makes my drive great. Uh, Yes, this is probably the worst season I've seen in many, many moons. Every year, it's been free. I've had an opportunity to talk to you and your gang on a yearly basis. And when we would say, is this the worst season? I say, no, it isn't because you're just remembering how, how bad it is now and you forget how bad it was last year. This year, uh, it's different. It is really bad. And we're having an earlier allergy season. It's a more intense allergy season. It's going to, I think, last longer. And I I think most of this is due to global warming. The plants love it, but the uh, allergy sufferers, no, they're they're not too happy. And we've been going for quite a period here without rain now. And so we really don't get any relief, right? Well, yes and no. You're you're quite right. The rain does have uh, an impact, a a good impact, by actually washing out pollen that may be floating in in the air. And so dry season uh, lends itself to more pollen in the air. Uh, But, of course, once it rains, uh, the plants become happier and they pollinate more. So it becomes a vicious cycle. But I I think the fact that it is dry and um, there's more pollen in the air, yes, that that contributes uh, uh, momentarily to to the allergy sufferers. Well, right now it is tree pollen season. We can all tell that. But what's to come? Well, the the main seasons, we have three big pollen seasons, tree, uh, grass, and then uh, things like ragweed, late fall weeds. 
And so you're absolutely right. This sounds like you're a bit of a botanist. And it is tree pollen, and uh, it's the trees that don't have the pretty blossoms that are the ones that are air pollinating. Uh, it probably started earlier this year, uh, earlier in, um, in, in probably mid-March. Uh, and it looks like it's going longer. By now, we we might have expected the the season to uh, have started to wane, but it isn't. And you're right. You're seeing that yellow pollen on your car, in your windshield, on your driveway, um, and it's going to persist for uh, a while longer. We go into grass uh, in June. Grass is a long-term pollen. It, you don't see the grass flowers. Uh, they're they're quite inconspicuous. By the way, pretty flowers don't air pollinate. People who say I have rose fever, no, it doesn't exist. Uh, they're, they're pollinated by insects. But the ones that you can't see, the in, inconspicuous blossoms that occur on grasses, uh, they're the ones that, that get you. And that's going to last uh, all the way into August. And then comes ragweed and its buddies, the other uh, late fall uh, weeds. And that goes all the way until the first killing frost. If we have a strong frost later in November, people are going to suffer for that longer period of time. Boy, it really it can't get relief. But in terms of, you know, over-the-counter medicine or even seeing a doctor, I mean, what is the best relief out there? Okay, good question. Uh, the best relief uh, for someone with really runny nose uh, would be uh, the over-the-counter uh, steroid uh, nasal sprays, Flonase is one. I don't have any... Uh, in the game for that company, but it's it's there, it's available. Any of the over-the-counter steroid nasal sprays are fine. They must be used daily. If you use them only as needed, they're really useless, but they're fine. And if someone gets relief from two sprays each nostril once a day, they, uh, that's great. If they don't, they could probably go to twice a day. If that doesn't work, there are add-ons, but that's the first step. That's the standard of care right now, nasal uh, steroid sprays, and used regularly, not on and off. There's a, a new product that uh, came on the market this year. Um, it is a over-the-counter spray. It's been a, um, a spray that was available by prescription. Astapro is the trade name. And that's an a antihistamine spray that can be used uh, on and off as needed. That's the distinction between the two. That isn't the standard of care, but if that gives people relief sufficiently, then that's perfectly fine as well. You can always supplement the nasal sprays uh, with uh, oral steroids. Uh, I'm sorry, not oral steroids, oral antihistamines, things like uh, Soterazine, Zyrtec, uh, one pill a day. It can be a supplement, but the first line are the steroid nasal sprays used daily throughout the season that uh, someone has uh, allergies. All right, uh, learning a lot here. Can someone, doctor, who never suffered from allergies before, suddenly st develop allergies to tree pollen this year? Yes, it can, and there's no way of predicting when people uh, develop an allergy. Uh, yesterday, one of the patients came in and said, uh, you know, I've never had allergies, and this year I'm, I'm really experiencing significant uh, uh, allergies, and he was in his 40s, and uh, it, it uh, was the first time that he experienced them. They can go away, and not usually. Uh, usually once you've gotten them, they, they stay with you, but sometimes as people age, and uh, they may go away. Uh, but yes, they can occur any time. They can stop by themselves, very, very uncommon. Usually once you get them, they, they stick with you. 
And, and at the kind of the end of the line of therapy are allergy shots. They work very, very well. They're very effective, particularly for people who have serious uh, allergies, but they take a major time commitment. You get those shots weekly in the beginning, and uh, then they graduate to about uh, once every month, and it usually lasts three to five years. But it works. It works very well. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.